uh, out of John chapter 20, beginning in verse 24. When you have it, say amen. Thank you to those that are watching online. It reads this way. It says, now Thomas, called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. And the other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. So he said to them, this is Thomas speaking now, unless I see in his hands the prints of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, notice what he says, I will not believe. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside and Thomas with them. But notice here that Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst of them and said, peace to you. And who did he go right to? The Bible says here that he went right to Thomas. And he said to Thomas, reach your finger here and look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it into my side. He says here, notice, do not be unbelieving, but be believing. Look at your neighbor and tell them, do not be unbelieving, but believe. And Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. Notice what Jesus said. He said, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed who have not seen and yet still believe. Do we have any believers here tonight? Before you're seated, give your neighbor a high five and tell them we're going to defeat doubt. Amen. You can go ahead and be seated tonight. I want to talk to you about defeating doubt. An ancient samurai once said that victory in the battlefield must first take place in the dojo. And many people go through life never really understanding that we are constantly being prepared for the battlefield. Every time you and I as Christians come to a new level, how many believe that when you came into 2016, you came in at a new level? Every time we come to a new level in the things of God, it's because we first have had to go through a preparation phase. That's why we're here tonight. Because everything that happened in our past has prepared us to this point that we are at now. Someone once said that where there is no process, there can be no progress. And you see, most people, when they look at our lives, they see the glory, but they do not really know our true story. Many times when people look at you and I, they don't know the story of the battles that we have faced personally. They don't know how we've battled fear. Has anyone here ever battled fear? They don't know how we have battled resistance. They don't know how we have had to overcome certain odds and certain obstacles within our life. They don't know the different trials and the different tests that we have had to endure. They know what they see on the outside. Watch this but they don't know the things that we have had to overcome on the inside. How many have had to overcome some stuff on the inside? Now, this is so key tonight 
Because if you're going to get to the place that God has called you to be, it's not the outer battle, but it's the inner battle. I think many times when you think about fighting, the outer material fight is much easier than the psychological warfare one faces in the things of God. And if you have been serving God, even for a little while, you have discovered that psychological warfare is a real battle. That the inner battle, quite often, is a harder battle to fight than the battle of the outside. And when I think about this battle, it, I can't help but to think about the church. And I can't help but to think of how the church of God, the church of Jesus Christ, is the place of preparation for the Christian. Uh, notice in the scripture that when the Lord showed up to the apostles, he showed up to where they were, where they were gathering together, where they were having church. And then the Bible says, read the story when you get home, that after eight days, somebody say eight days, is when Jesus showed up again. What that tells me is that even though Thomas doubted, God didn't go to Thomas's house. He went back to the place where he showed himself the first time eight days later. In those days, they used to have church on Saturday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and the eighth day would be Saturday again. Meaning that when God wants to speak to you, he speaks to you where the disciples are at. He speaks to you in the church house. Can I hear an amen? That's why if you want to win this battle, you've got to learn how to come to church. You've got to commit in your life to be in church every opportunity you can. Because what I believe about this battle is that it's in the church house where God is building warriors. It's in the church house where God is preparing us, not for a natural battle, but for a spiritual battle. I, I kind of think of the church as like a, a boxing gym. That's why I love this picture of, of this fighter behind us. Because how many know when you look at him, you know that he's been in a fight? <laughs> how many know what it is to be in a fight? I kind of think of the church as a boxing gym. I kind of think of the church as a dojo. What am I saying is I believe that church is a place of preparation within our life. It's a place where you and I can experience training. It's a place where you and I can work out some issues within our life. It's a place where you and I can gain some valuable information and some valuable instruction to overcome the battles that are trying to stop us from reaching our full potential in God. Is there anyone hearing me tonight? Look at your neighbor and tell them you're being prepared. Here's what I believe. I believe that every person in this church here tonight, you are a leader in the making. And let me talk to those of you that are already leaders. Let me tell you something. God's not done making you. I know you got a title. I know you got a position. I know you got a ministry, but it doesn't mean that God's finished with you yet. I don't think God is finished with any of us. I think if you are a leader, you should be even more committed to the process. You should be even more committed to training. You should be more committed to gaining experience in the things of God. Because if you are a leader, you know that every great leader knows what it is to train. 
Every great leader knows what it is to prepare themselves spiritually. Whether you want to be a leader at home, whether you want to be a leader in business, whether you want to be a leader in the Christian world, understand that preparation is required. And every great leader who ever accomplished anything for God, whoever made a positive impact in their life, whoever saw change come to their family, knew what it was to prepare when nobody was looking. Come on, somebody. Knew what it was to show up to the gym when others were being unfaithful. Knew what it was to show up and, and to be in the place of preparation. Because how many know preparation is a secret place? So let me say this to you. If you want to be a master of the inner battle, you better learn to fight in the secret place. You better know what it is to pray. You better know what it is to spend time with God. You better know what it is to have a fasting life. Come on, somebody. Put the McDonald's down. Because if you want to last, you've got to learn how to fast. And if you want to stay, then you better know how to, oh, I'm, come on, somebody. You better know how to pray. Is there anyone with me in this place today? Touch your neighbor and tell them God is preparing you. Every leader knows what it is, watch this, to discipline their body for the master's use. And when we're working out in God's gym, when you're showing up to church every week, when you're coming to church on a Wednesday night, even when your body's telling you to stay home and watch TV, when you're coming to church on a Sunday morning, even when it's sunny and 85 degrees in San Diego, Come on, somebody. And you come back to church on a Sunday night. What are you doing? You are preparing yourself to overcome the battles that the devil's going to try to throw at you. You are in training. God is getting you ready for his use. God is making you into a weapon for his glory. Come on, somebody. God is shaping you. God is molding you. God is preparing you. God is strengthening you. God is building you. Come on, somebody. God is getting you ready because he's got something big prepared for your life. Come on and pray. Praise him like you believe it with all your heart today. If you're going through pain, someone once said that pain is just weakness leaving the body. Woo! So if you're enduring that pain, that means you're getting stronger. Touch your neighbor and tell him you're getting stronger. The bigger the pain, yeah, that's right, bigger the gain. But that's not what I was going to say. The bigger the pain, the bigger the preparation. And the bigger the preparation, the bigger the purpose. As you embark on this journey of preparation, I want to tell you that there is one area that the devil seeks to use to hinder our progress. And we read about it right here in John chapter 20. I have found that the area of doubt is deadly to our destiny. If you're working it out and you're growing, you're being built to the things of God, make sure 
you learn. The word doubt in the dictionary means a feeling of uncertainty. How do you know you've had to deal with doubt in your life? Have you ever felt uncertain? In the dictionary, it says the feeling of uncertainty. It also means this, and some of you are going to really relate to this when I tell you it means an inability to be convinced. You ever tried to convince somebody of something and they just fight you on it? Somebody say, don't doubt. Doubt also means to question the truth or the facts of the matter. It also means to fear. It means to be afraid of. But mostly doubt is applied when we're talking about the future. What is so deadly about doubt? I want to bring out five reasons we need to win the battle against doubt. Number one, write this down. Doubt is natural. We see it in Thomas. But I want to tell you that the reason we doubt is because doubt is always birthed out of something called disappointment. I believe that doubt happens in someone's life when something negative happens. Doubt is a sense of wanting to move forward. Having a sense of wanting to move into the future. Having a sense of wanting to go to another level, but not being able to. I want to tell you that doubt is an emotion that creates an invisible ceiling within our life. You can see what you want, but somehow you cannot rise to the occasion. Doubt is a feeling that creates an emotional wall around us that keeps us boxed in. And if you're going to be the person that God has called you to be in 2016, I want to tell you, you've got to learn how to break through that invisible wall. We see that Thomas in the scripture, he struggled with this type of doubt. And many times when you hear about Thomas, he has a nickname. We call him what? Doubting Thomas. We label him. We look at him as a faithless individual. individual. But understand that Thomas was a good man. He was a good man that experienced a setback within his life. And maybe you're that person here today that people have tried to label you as as a doubter or label you as being stuck or label you as staying in the same place all the time. i got a word for you tonight. You're a good person. You're a good man. You're a good woman. But you might have gone through some negative experiences within your life. And you've got to make a decision. Are you going to stay stuck or are you going to break on through to the other side? Thomas was a good man. But he had some questions about his reality. And I'll tell you, we can't really blame Thomas for how he was because many of us have experienced disappointment within our life. We've experienced pain within our life. We've had setbacks in our life, times where we've said, God, are you even real? There could be some people that you've gone through setbacks in your life that have been so difficult that every time you come into church, everyone's lifting their hands and singing and, and you just stand there looking because Maybe you've been so hurt, hurt so bad, you don't even know if God is real. You come to church for your spouse, or you come to church for your kids, or you come to church for other reasons, but you're not really breaking through because you question the reality of God based on hardship within your life. Somebody say amen. You see, we all go through that season, even seasons where we 
say to ourselves, God, what are you really doing within my life? What are some types of experiences that cause us to doubt? Why I believe that setbacks are when things don't go the way we plan them to go. How many have ever experienced that? You had plans. You, you thought 2015 was going to be the best year of your life, and it turned out that 2015 was the worst year of your life. And it's kind of hard to come in expecting in 2016 because things didn't go the way you planned. You might have experienced some closed doors within your life. You might have had some things come against you. You might have gone through some things that, that went contrary to your plan. But let me tell you this, my friend. If, if God closed some doors in your life, let me tell you, the same God that can close the door is the same God that can open another door. And if you have been disappointed and you have been felt let down because of a closed door in your life, don't stay down too long because we serve a God that says, I have another door open for you. Maybe you face some unfair opposition. Maybe you were criticized. Come on, somebody. Maybe they gossiped about you. He said, I don't want to go to, to, to the dojo anymore. I don't want to go to the gym anymore because they criticize me. Come on, somebody. Here's what I've learned about criticism. Criticism will grow you. Come on, somebody. If you allow someone to speak into your life that it's a, that's at a higher level, you're not going to get hurt. You're going to get better if you obey them. Let me tell you this, my friend. Everybody gets criticized. And, and maybe you say, well, they didn't criticize me, Pastor. They were talking bad about me. Let me tell you something. You're going to have people that are for you, and you're going to have people that are jealous of you. You can't get away from it. You're going to have those that want to see you win, and you're going to have those that want to pull you down. Listen, I didn't make it this far without understanding that there were some people that were going to stab me in the back. Some people were going to come against me. Some people were going to say that they were loyal to me and they turned out to be disloyal. I knew they were going to be disloyal. And when they were disloyal, I didn't stay down too long because I also knew that there were those people that were for me, that were on my team. Come on, somebody. You're going to be criticized. You're going to be gossiped about the best are criticized the best are gossiped about but the best are still here pressing on no matter what they go through it's natural sometimes we go through unforeseen circumstances we get hit with things that we didn't expect but let me tell you why many of us doubt many of us doubt because we know what it is to be defeated we know what it is to try something and it not work. We know what it is to step out by faith and fail. And let me tell you something. Let me speak to my young church, my young good-looking church here. Let me tell you something. You're going to fail. You're going to make mistakes. If, if you're serving God and and you're hearing this preaching and you're coming every week to the dojo and coming every week to the gym and you're being envisioned to do great things for God, don't expect that everything you try to work out. 
There's going to be things that you try in your life that don't work out. There's going to be ideas that you step out on that aren't going to work out. There's going to be relationships that you try to build that don't work out. There's going to be messages you preach that bomb. Come on, somebody. There's going to be prayers that you say that never get answered. There's going to be ministries that you attempt to start that never get more than one or two people. You're going to fail. You're going to make mistakes. But I've got a word for you. If you fail, don't give up. But that's because God has called you and God has chosen you. The greatest have failed trying. You say, well, what if people talk about me? Listen, I'd rather step out of the boat by faith than stand the boat and be a negative critic. Some of you have got to learn this. You've got to learn to stop taking constructive criticism from people who've never constructed nothing. You're going to have critics. You're going to have haters. But walk on water in 2016. Get out of the boat. You're going to sink from time to time. But you've got a pastor that believes in you. And you've got a God that has called you. And you've got a Holy Spirit that is going to help you in the good times and in the tough times as well. Touch your neighbor and tell him, keep walking on water. So the first thing is that doubt is natural. But the second thing is this, and I want to move a lot faster, is that sometimes doubt causes us to question our faith. What makes doubt so deadly is it causes us to question what we know to be true. Let me ask you a question here tonight. Do you know Jesus died for you? Do you know that his blood cleanses you? Are you confident in that? Do you believe that the blood of Jesus delivered you from all bondage? You don't got to drink no more. You don't got to go back to drugs. You don't got to go back to that bad relationship. Do you really believe it in your heart? See, doubt causes us to question that. We see that that happened in Thomas. Thomas questioned whether... Jesus had truly resurrected or not. And he was unaware if it was for real. What we find is, is this, what we find in the scripture is this though, is that even though Thomas doubted, Jesus didn't reject Thomas because of his doubt. There's not one person here tonight that has never not doubted God. But here's the thing about God. When you're in a place of doubt, God will come to you. What does the Bible say? Is that even though Thomas doubted, Jesus came into the room. He came into the midst of him. Come on, somebody. In their darkest moment, in their most doubting hour, Jesus came. And he didn't go to Peter. He didn't go to John. He didn't go to any other disciple. Who did he go to? He went straight to the doubter. He says, Thomas, I know you've been asking questions. And I know you've been doubting. And I know you've been saying it isn't true. And I know you've been listening to the critics and listening to the haters and reading the newspaper. Come on, somebody. But I've got a word for you, Thomas. I'm real. I resurrected from the dead. And I'm going to give you some power. Can I hear an amen? Why does God 
come to us in our darkest situation is because he loves us. You've got to get that down in your spirit this year, my friend. God's not mad at you. He is madly in love with you. And he has a good plan for your life even if you do not believe it right now. And there's going to be times in your life where you will not believe it. There will be times in your life where you say, why is all hell breaking loose in my life? Let me tell you why all hell's breaking loose. It's not because God's mad at you. It's because God is getting you ready for something big because he loves you. He doesn't send trials our way to take us out. He sends trials our way to take us up and to fulfill his plan within our life. God loves you so much that he'll come down into your situation. He'll come down and visit you in that depression bed. Can't get out of bed, can't, can't get to the church house, can't get to the dojo. That's when somehow the Holy Spirit will come and speak to you and give you the strength to get up and come to the house of the Lord and to be around the saints and to be around the disciples. Something happens when you get into the house of God. Something happens when you get around the disciples. The Bible says that when Paul got around the disciples, even though he was left for dead, the disciples strengthened him and he went right back into the city. And that's what's going to happen to you is that when you're in your darkest hour, that's when a loving father is going to come down into your situation and he's going to lift you up and he's going to give you the strength and he's going to bring you here and you're going to get stronger here and you're going to grow here and God's going to give you the... He's going to give you the breakthrough. Because he loves us. Tell your neighbor, he loves you. See, the third thing is that Doubt causes us not only to question our faith, but thirdly, it causes us to question our leaders. When you're in a season of doubt, you might run into the problem of questioning your leaders or questioning your brothers in the Lord. We see that. Thomas had this problem in his life. We see that the Bible says that when Jesus resurrected from the dead and he came, he revealed himself to the disciples. And Thomas wasn't there. And then the story says that the disciples went to Thomas and they said, Jesus resurrected. And what did he say? Famously, he said, I don't believe it. Unless I see for myself. What did doubt do? Doubt caused him to lose trust and to question his brothers in the Lord. You see, what was his real problem here? And what is sometimes our problem? Is that Thomas's real problem was that he thought that seeing was believing. Why can't we get to the next level? Why do we stall out? Why do we uh, become stalled in our destiny and stalled in the place where God wants to take us? Because we walk in a spirit of seeing is believing. And this is a problem. Because how many know that when it comes to our destiny, you're never going to see it in the natural? Let me, let, me, let me just say this to you. 
anything you do in the kingdom of God cannot be done in the natural. If God has called you and God has chosen you, understand that you don't have the right to walk by feeling. You are called to walk by faith. What I've learned is that it's not seeing is believing. It's believe and you shall see. We've been called to walk by faith and not by sight. And why do we uh, need to learn to listen to our leaders and listen to our brothers and sisters? Because understand that God many times will reveal to them many things that God wants to do in our life as well. I get so excited whenever, whenever God speaks to me about you. I get so excited because as the pastor, many times as Moses stood up on the mountaintop, I stand up on the mountaintop for your life and God speaks to me about your marriage and God speaks to me about your family and God speaks to me about your children and God gives me words about his calling upon your life and why do I come up here and preach every Sunday morning? I come up here and preach every Sunday morning because I want to tell you what God has been telling me about you. But I want to tell you, it's hard to be a preacher. It's hard to be a pastor because sometimes we get up here and we begin to share with you about what God wants to do in your life and about what God wants to do in your home and what God wants to do in your purpose. But some of you don't believe it. I look at your faces and you're just looking at me and you don't believe it because instead of looking at God, you're looking at me. You, you come to church in the natural. You come to church in the flesh. You come to church in a spirit of doubt, but not in 2016. This year, you're not going to look in the natural. You're not going to look at Pastor Al. Come on, somebody. You're going to listen to the voice behind the voice and understand that we're called to walk by faith and not by sight that God wants to do. See, some of you are still doubting. tell you something. Stop doubting God's word over your life. Stop doubting the promises of God. If God did it for me, God can do it for you. Come on, somebody. And let me tell you, you need leaders. You need those that are going to speak into you, those that are going to prophesy over you, those that are going to coach you, those that are going to encourage you, those that are going to envision you. See, doubt causes us to question our leaders. Fourthly, doubt causes us almost done to question our future. Why is doubt deadly? Because it causes us to ask, what's going to become of me? That was what, really what was happening in Thomas's life. Is that he was afraid. He didn't know what was going to become of him. Have you ever been there? Where you said, what's going to become of me? What does my future hold? See, doubt, what it will do is it will stop you, watch this, from taking risk within your life. And if you're going to be great in the kingdom of God, it's going to require greater risk. It's more than just coming to church on Sunday. It's more than just praying once a week. God has called us to do even greater things. And we can't allow doubt to immobilize us with fear. <laughs> because doubt is deadly. Because doubt will stop you. How many want to defeat doubt? 
Yeah. How, how many want to put doubt in its proper place? I, I like what, what Jesus said to Peter when he was trying to get him off track. He said, get behind me, Satan. You know what we need to do in 2016? We need to look to doubt. And we need to say, get behind me, Satan. You're not going to lead me this year. You're not going to block me from being what God has called me to be. Come on, somebody. Yes, I've been through some stuff, but this is a new year. This is a new season. God wants to do some new things in my life, and he has given me the power to step into my destiny. But what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to keep doubt on a leash. You can't let doubt run rampant in your life. How do you defeat doubt when doubt is tr trying to cause you to question your future. I'll tell you how right now. In order to defeat it, watch this. You need to transfer your trust. As Matthew comes, you've got to transfer your trust. If you're the type of person that likes to put trust in yourself, then you have a great reason to doubt. And I'm going to tell you why. Be, and I speak to myself. This is for all of us. You are very limited. You're limited in talent. You're limited in ability. You're limited in capacity. You're limited mentally. You're limited physically. Come on, somebody. So as long as you trust you, you have great reason to doubt. But if you transfer your trust, if you take the trust off of what you are able to do and you put the trust on what God is able to do. How many know his word says that nothing is impossible to those who believe in it? How many know the Bible says now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly and above anything we ask or think by the power that worketh inside of us. What am I saying to you in 2016? Don't trust you. Transfer the trust to God. What happens when you transfer the trust? Say that with me. Say transfer the trust. Oh, this is good. When you transfer the trust, you're releasing the responsibility. As long as you trust in you, you bear the responsibility for the proper outcome. So, if your trust is in you and the outcome is not what it was expected to be, then you must harbor the blame for the poor outcome. No wonder so many Christians are defeated. No wonder so many Christians come to church defeated. No wonder we have our head held down in the house of the Lord. No wonder we can't lift up our hands because everything we've tried to do in our own strength has failed. But what would happen if we transferred the trust and we took the responsibility off of self and we put the responsibility on a God who called us and a God who chose us and a God who sent his only begotten son to save us and to shed his precious blood for us. What would happen if you stopped, watch this, stopped bearing the responsibility for your failure 
and started putting the responsibility on God. I'll tell you what will happen. You'll walk different. <laughs> you, you won't walk in like this. You'll walk in with your head held up and say, I'm a child of the living God, and God's got me covered, and God's got my back, and things may not be perfect, but I'm not going to take responsibility for it. That if God called me, if God saved me, if God chose me, if God gave me this husband, if God gave me this wife, if God gave me these children, if God gave me this job, then God's going to have to take care of it because God is in control of my life, and I don't live by doubt. I don't live by fear I live by faith I live by purpose I'm being trained I'm being developed I'm being come on somebody I'm being prepared in the gym in the dojo so simple so simple so simple yet so hard to do let me tell you if you'll get a hold of this word tonight and you'll transfer the trust, just look over at somebody and tell them, you got to transfer the trust. You, you get, you've got you to stop looking at that spouse like that's your spouse. You got to look at that spouse and say, God gave me this spouse. God gave me this spouse. You got to stop looking at those kids as your, those are your kids. So you got to look at those kids and say, these are God's kids. These are, these are God's children. These are, these are God's babies. I'm just here to take care of them. Be a good... Come on, somebody. You got to stop looking at your money and saying, this is my money. This is my money. No, no, no. You got to look at that money and say, this is God's money. I'm just a steward of what God has given me. Come on, somebody. What's going to happen? You're going to walk in a new way. You're going to be fighting with people. Because when you're stressed out and you're walking in the spirit of Thomas, you start blaming. It's, it's, it, your eyes are on the wrong thing. What's the last thing? Doubt sometimes causes us to question ourselves. And this is my goal of this message. My goal tonight is to get you to stop questioning who God has called you to be. You're not the man you used to be. You're not. You're not the woman you used to be either. No, 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 no. You're not that gang member no more. You're not that guy with a prison number no more. You're not that girl that was unstable. Come on, somebody. You're not that drug addict. Come on, somebody. You're not that failure at work no more. I'm trying to get you to get those labels off. You're not that backslider no more. Come on and help me preach this word tonight. You're not that young person that was depressed no more. No, 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 no. There's no need for you to doubt because God has created you perfectly and he's preparing you for a mighty purpose and a mighty destiny. And it's time that you stop doubting. What is your family going to get saved? When you stop doubting what God is doing in your life. When are those kids going to come back to Christ? When you stop doubting that parent that God has called you to be. When you learn to walk in the confidence. Let me, let, let me, let me put it this way. Not in the confidence, but like, like Ed Young says, in the Godfidence. 
in the confidence of who God has called you to be, then goodness and mercy will follow you. Let me, let me bring it up. When you start walking in the confidence of who God has called you to be, watch this, you won't have to chase things. Things will start chasing you. Come on, single people. Just keep going after God. Just keep pursuing God with your all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Walking as a child of the king. Walking as the head and not the tail. Walking as a, as a son of God, as a prince in God, as a princess in God. Raise your standard because you are great in the things of God. care what people have told you in the past. Don't care what people called you in the past. None of that matters now. In fact, I'm not doing any counseling on that anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. If you could, ah, no, 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 no. Go on YouTube and listen to this message. You're not that man. You're not that woman. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. You're the head, not the tail, above it. We're not talking about what happened to us. We're talking about what's about to happen to us. God is about to open up a season of blessing in your life. You've got to transfer the trust. You've got to shift the responsibility. I'm ready to do that tonight. How many ready to do that tonight? How many ready to just give it all to God and say, Lord, you're in charge of my future. You're, you're the one that called me. And now every time I come to church, I just come with the mindset that I'm being trained. I'm getting prepared. I'm getting ready for that calling. And let me tell you what I see. I see pastors. I see pastors' wives. I see evangelists. I see ministers. I see growing healthy families. I see booming businesses. I see young people rising up to their full potential. I see professional athletes coming out of this church. I see musicians. I see artists. Some of your kids are going to be working in the movies. I, I even see some actors coming out here because we got a lot of actors in the So you're going to start getting paid for it. Come on, somebody. Hey. Someone here is going to make a movie in the future. Someone here is going to write a drama that's going to travel all over the world. I, I see leaders in the community. I think the next mayor might come out of, out of Victory Outreach San Diego. The next senator might come out of Victory Why can't we dream big? See, when we take away doubt, we can dream bigger than we've ever dreamed before. Come on, if you got a dream for God, I want you to lift up those hands and say, Lord, nothing is impossible for you.